and uh, Isabel's going to talk about learning from China. So, yeah. Uh, please yeah. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. It's a pleasure to meet you here, actually. I've been practicing architecture and urban design in the past 13 years, both in UK and China. I've been working with uh, East China in the Design Institute uh, in, in Shanghai and Lenin Davis and uh, MJP in London. Um, so today I'm going to share my some experience uh, for the uh, China projects. So you must know each month's uh, Chinese growth. Um, here on the left, I show you the output of the, um, the construction uh, growth in the, uh, in the past five years. It's been uh, constantly rising. On the right, right one, I show you how the output contributed. You can see the east region still have the most growth, but the central and the west is been catching up. This is where the potential market for the um, uh, architectural projects. Um, now for the first tier cities like uh, Beijing and Shanghai, the market has become very competitive. So more and more interna international architects actually move on to the um, second tier cities now. Chinese built their towns with extraordinary speed. This is the new towns in Guangzhou. Um, imagine there's nothing there 10 years ago. Now everything happened. There's a central district with a skyscrapers, uh, opera house, city museum, and the central libraries. And the Chinese countries welcome international architects. It has the luxury of being um, executed both architecture and uh, uh, urban plannings. On the upper right, it will be the upcoming John Wells uh, National Art Museum, and everyone knows that the CCTV. On the lower right, uh, lower left is the Lin Orange's Shanghai Tower, most recent about the most uh, beautiful buildings last year. Okay, Be before I talk about the um, the planning process, I will mention two fundamental differences in China. One, the first one is the land ownership, because in China, most of the land was owned by the states, and very small portions owned collectively. Um, the land users only got a right of use the land, not own the land. This is very different. For instance, uh, at least for residential development, it's only 70 years, but other use is only 40 to 50 years. The second one is uh, decision maker. Because of the land ownership, actually you'll find most of the case it's the government play a very important role in terms of the project decision-making. Okay. Um, the, there are three planning policies at a different level. The first one is a regional plan. It deals with the um, strategic version on a very large uh, regional basis. The second one is strategic mass plan. It normally for a small city, a town, or even a district in a metropolitan. The third one is called the regulatory plan. They, it's very different uh, in terms of planners' uh, uh, work here. The third one, here in UK, the architects will uh, do a contest study and then test the land. But in China, actually, uh, and the plan set up very in detail. This is forms of uh, development guidance for the following uh, design projects. There are two um, repertory plans. The first one is uh, called indicative repertory plan. You'll find this 
drawings normally by the local authorities. It's set up in details uh, in terms of the site constraints, uh, land boundary, land use, and uh, even the how, how much you can build on the site, and the, 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 the density and the building, uh, the green coverage. So the next one is construction record plan. It's including actually the construction document for the infrastructure, infrastructure and uh, the service. So it will be something like that. So we talk about the regulatory plans forms uh, guidelines for the design projects. And the client still got uh, a change, uh, can apply for a change in terms of numbers. When you talk about numbers, it's very uh, sensitive because it's uh, affecting the land value and also the profit margin for the development. Um, but the apply for change is a bit tricky, actually. In most of uh, cases it's not being successful. So the working stage is very similar to IBA work stage here. You'll find that you probably need three applications, um, planning application, design development application, and construction approval. Under law, no building works should be carried out until the construction approval, but sometimes you, you find the groundworks already commenced. Together with the conceptual mass plan, this this the um, planning and uh, architectural practice were normally carried out in China. By the way, I have to mention the regulatory plan actually is the local authority's responsibility. So no other architectural planning uh, firms can be involved. But uh, because they have uh, like a planning and the design department within it, nowadays they have a popular, they commission an international architect to do a, a concentral mass plan. And uh, after it consented, it will transfer to the regulatory plan like this. So this area shows you how the international firms will be involved in the working stages in China. Uh, you'll find the international firms will not, normally will not involved in the construction stage. That because two reasons, uh, financial viability and under law, um, the international firms have been uh, partnership with the local architects to uh, commence those, those kind of works. I talk, uh, talk about some case studies. Um, this is uh, Shongjiang University Town, Shanghai. I was working uh, as a project architect um, back in 2000 with uh, East China Architecture Design uh, Institute. Um, this is follow a competition route. Um, ICARDI, team with uh, German architects, win the competition. This is the mass plan we prepare for the regulatory, uh, regulatory mass plan. You can see, oh. I try to show you. You can see there are four university, universities sit um, orthogonally from west to, to the east. And there's a central zone. This is the central zone to show the uh, shared facility like uh, stadium and uh, central library. The student accommodations sit on the north of the small river, and the teaching units sit on the south of it. And there's a linear park will form uh, open space of the whole universities. 
here's the uh, teaching quarter. You see the library take the center stage of the entrance square where the uh, teaching unit is surrounded. It. There are some uh, CGI's show the how the in, um, how the subject, subjective architecture will be in the planning document. So. Um, the master plan was done very quickly and on time, and the client is really, really happy. And then the local authority was take over the rest of the work. So they commissioned the other architect to do the design work. And it was built very quickly because uh, the competition starts February, and the first stage of university opened the year later in, in September. So it's very, very fast. Um, I haven't been, I haven't uh, walked back to the uh, campus since I, since I left the country, but I sometimes see this uh, become a TV set. So I'm not very impressed. You can see this the areas recently. You can see the whole uh, the framework is still keep to the original mass plan. You, you see very clearly for universities where the um, student accommodation is, where the teaching units is. But I saw, but I found that the development in each of the campus actually didn't follow the original plan, especially this one. The second the left, they, it seems very ill-fit to the rest of the universities, and then it's, it's lost the scale, it's, it's massive scale with the bizarre road network. <laughs> and I later was told, actually, um, that the universities change hands, so the, the client must have a new brief, and. Uh, the rectory plans fail to enforce. I show you some of the architecture here that's uh, from the universities. So some contemporary, some um, they say Chinese very European stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what happens. Um, I, I've told that um, the, this is actually for the uh, University of International Studies because the vice uh, mayor at that time He's come, come up with the idea that uh, each building should have given identity, can reflect the style of the country, different countries. So you'll see that that, that must be from, for the Middle East study and some other studies. So that's actually quite a good project to reflect um, how the build, how the mass plan will be de developed in China. You see the um, policies actually give the client a certain freedom to develop in detail. And the question is the architects can, how the architects can um, use this opportunity to enhance the plans. And you see the government have a strong influence um, for, the, for the decision maker. Um, how the architects actually uh, can, can convince the client to keep the project on the right track. Second project, the following two uh, projects is architectural projects. I work as a project manager with MJP. I'm very grateful uh, MJP let me use this as a, a sam samples. Um, I start exporting China market uh, back in 2010. This is the first competition we've done. Um, in China, most state-funded projects will go through the competition route. So um, it's paid competition, by the way which is good, and uh, it gave it normally only seven weeks to develop. Um, there was a professional jury to judge each of the scheme. They normally will choose two to the finals, and the client will normally commission one of them. 
So this is the um, the museum in Yangzhou. The Yangzhou is uh, actually it's quite a um, heritage her heritage city. You see uh, our site on the right upright, up uh, the little red dot. It's next to the uh, beautiful conservation area, and the city itself is dotted with very beautiful Chinese gardens. So the idea, the concept, come from the um, the ways the the wall was uh, uh, the unique ways of the wall was articulated in Chinese garden to create a dramatic space, and the we used the wall to form form the grid and uh, the building was loosely woven into it. So okay. um, I also want to talk about the CGIs for the competitions. Um, there was, uh, uh, for the competition in China, actually the submission requirement is quite high. They asked for several CGIs, physical models, and uh, sometimes films and the multimedia, fine uh, point multimedia presentation. Um, our, our models and uh, uh, CGI's made in China for the cost reason. There, there are quite uh, several uh, good uh, CGI artists, uh, artists in China. They provide a very good service, very reliable, punctual. Um, but the model maker is, uh, be, have to be cautious because you, you have to monitor day by day because uh, uh, they sometimes uh, will misinterpret the architectural drawings and uh, get the things wrong. The printing and the binding services are outstanding in China. They open 24 hours a day. So you have to, when you rush for the submission, have to, have to be uh, rushed for the submission on time. You will get it done. So our concept well received uh, in uh, during, uh, during the competition. The judges likes it and the local, uh, local Planning authorities likes it, and it, it go to the finals with the uh, Japanese scheme, which on the right. Um, the you, you can see there's a very different approach uh, these two scheme takes. The Lotus is a concept. The uh, the Japanese architect gave it to their scheme, and they said that they, their buildings looks like Lotus. Um, however, the judges think locals maybe not quite relate to the Yangzhou, Yangzhou city. But the piano, it's quite interesting that we find out later. It's the client invented for us for the public inquiry. Um, I understand it's, it's well intended. He might, they might think actually building have to look like something to be, understand, to be understood in China. So that's very interesting. It's how the general public perceive a piece of architecture in China. Um, the mayor, at the end, likes the lotus, so the client had to buy it. So we didn't win at the end. Um, the another important reason, because the Japanese firm uh, had one project done in China before, so but nevertheless, it's quite uh, um, success to get onto the ladder in the Chinese market for the, um, for the practice. So the next year, 2011, I come across this uh, um, competition, the Daily News Construction uh, Culture Center in Guangzhou. This is a very high-end competition with very good fees, just under the limelight. And uh, the clients in the media, you got very good publicity. 
because our previous uh, um, work done in China, we, we made a very uh, successful bidding. So we, we got a short list with other uh, well-known uh, well, well big uh, international architects. I think Farrell is one of them. So in the brief meeting, very interestingly, the, uh, um, the client said, this, the client stressed that they said, uh, we want very simple, sophisticated buildings, but not like the opera house opposite the Pearl River. So what's wrong with the opera house? That's the opera house. This was known like two pedals. It's very dynamic. It's, uh, it got to contour the landscape, uh, so link the um, central boulevard with the riverside. I quite like it. The internal space is very uh, beautiful and uh, dramatic, I would say. But it comes with a very big price tag. The original budget is 850 million Chinese yuan. And uh, when the final cost reveals, it's uh, raised to 1.38, which caused a big, big uh, public stir. And I show you some photos. You can see some defects uh, in the cladding on this picture, and more, more details on the sides. You can tell the subcontractor didn't do the proper work here. Uh, they probably haven't got, got the experience to work on such um, complicated build, building before, and then they really struggled. In China, material and uh, workmanship is uh, not good. Um, no, Nowhere, nowhere, uh, sorry, nowhere good uh, near here. Because uh, I work on most of the uh, um, China project, I found uh, most of the material, they haven't got the certificate and haven't got uh, even the information data. So if you work in China, architects have to be very cautious about the choice of materials, what is available, what kind of skill level they have. The other challenge in that's bad, sorry. The other the other problem is the procurement. Um, I would say, the most of the China, uh, Chinese project take the procurement. We uh, back in the UK is like a design build uh, contract here. So, the level of the international architects involved after tender can be quite limited. Um, so if if you work in China and the building will carry your name, make sure you have a certain level of control in the construction stage. So let's back to the daily news center. This time the client li likes it, and this among their favorites, um, but the jury didn't like it. Um, the reason is, from the mega structure they mentioned, they worry uh, about the cost of the structure can, can be uh, let the project going wrong in terms of the budgets. But somehow it's a quite good experience for the MGP in terms of the um, marketing point of view because uh, um, the scheme was published uh, in the media, on the, te on the telly and uh, on online, on the newspaper. And, uh, because of these two projects, uh, later um, there's another Chinese pro uh, developer was brought in, and the, he likes he convinced that the, uh, this um, two project actually uh, can lead MGP work on the uh, other Chinese projects, and they'll have the first project done uh, in China this year, hopefully.
So, in conclusion, China offers a great opportunity for the architects, uh, planning uh, firms. They like the contributions uh, from the all over the world for their organizations. The opportunities are huge, and they come with challenge as well. That will include the, the cultural differences, see the planning, uh, planning process, and uh, um, materials, skills, sometimes even communication. I guess uh, if you work in China, I guess you have to make the most of the positives and uh, to achieve your goal. So that's all. Uh, just a quick uh, mention. I'm Kung Fang, I'm MY Architects, and uh, we do some small projects and also work as a consultant. So if you have any questions, I'm very welcome to speak to me, and I'm very happy to assist. <laughs>